So on a daily basis, I'm not drinking high proof stuff. I mean, I love to sip on it. I love to enjoy it, but I typically drink bourbons in the 90 to 100 range as daily drinkers. 101, actually. 90 yeah, to 101. Yeah, yeah. You love that 101. Yeah, <laughs> I love that 101. Welcome to another trip down the bourbon road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of the bourbon road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is The Bourbon Road. And tonight, Mike and I are kicking back Mike's house. Yeah. In front of the fire. We've got good old Woodrow at our feet. He is. He's just laying down like a good dog, ain't he? Yeah, he is. And uh, and we're going to drink a little bit of whiskey. And uh, actually, we're going to drink four different whiskeys tonight. We are. We're going to... I had to twist your arm to do this. But, uh, you know, you come over to my house, we're going to drink a little bit of uh, weeded bourbon. Yeah. Um, so what do you think I got for you? I think you got some Weller, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So tonight we're going to drink all four expressions that I have. Um, we got the green label, which is a special reserve. We've got the blue label, which has just come out this past year, right? The foolproof, which is a store pick from right down from your house, right? That's right. Um, and then we got the antique, which is nice to have. Mm-hmm. Um, a little higher proof at 107. Yep. Um, and then we got the 12 year, 12 year. I'm looking forward to all four of them. Actually. Um, a lot of people might not be able to get these bottles. Um, it's the same way here in Kentucky. Well, you didn't just run right out and buy these. I mean, you've been accumulating them over quite some time. It took me, uh, it took me almost a year, I think altogether to get every bottle. I've had several bottles of the Weller special reserve, um, over several years. Um, I actually got a store pick special reserve with, kind of saving that back. I mean, you got that. I think I bought it on my birthday weekend. Yeah. Down at Chuck's uh, there in Bowling Green. But um, this is what I got. I'm still missing one expression, and I'm not going to rush out and try to buy it. If somebody said, hey, it's right down the road for five or $600, I, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but if I find it somewhere and it's the right price, I probably will buy it. Yeah. It'll, it'll come around sooner or later. Maybe one of our listeners will send you a sample. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> send me a bottle. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's asking a lot. Well, maybe Weller will send us a bottle. Maybe they should, right? Yeah. I hope they ought be the weeded king of Kentucky. Yeah. So what do you, what do you know about old Weller here? Uh, well, uh, so it's William LaRue Weller, which is the namesake of one of the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection bottles. Yeah. On these bottles, it's listed as W.L. Weller. Um, but he was, uh, he was a distiller back in the early 1800s. He was born like 1825, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he went, I guess he was off in, in, in when he got back from the war or whatever, he was probably about 24 years old. He started distilling whiskey and, uh, I guess he was the first fellow to actually use wheat to make whiskey instead of rye instead of rye. And so why do you, why do you think that be just because of what he had available? You know, it could have been that, I don't know what the real story is behind it, but I think he had, uh, 
uh, he had an opportunity to make some whiskey with some wheat, and he, probably by the time he tried, it, he was like, "Wow, that's that's kind of smooth, you know. That's that's a little bit more delicate and and not as uh, spicy." Yeah, uh, and probably thought that it'd be a winner, and, and it was. I think he was very popular. He used to say, um, "Honest whiskey at an honest price." He used to have to put a green thumbprint on every barrel head so that people would know it was his, so they wouldn't, you know, the they're not getting cheated by not him. getting cheated by people, right? Right. Yeah. Well, if you hear something cracking in the background, that's that's that our fireplace yeah. roaring with a wood fire, and and Woodrow is definitely now he's really enjoyed himself. He just laid out on the carpet here. So, <laughs> and we're actually using a different set of mics tonight. We're on uh, lavalier mics, which yeah. are basically like the the newsmen wear on TV. You know, just to free up our hands so we can drink this whiskey instead of fighting with a. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do a little bit of whiskey drinking tonight for sure. Mike, won't you tell everybody a little bit about how it's been going on the Bourbon Roadies? I think we're doing really well. We're almost up to, I think we're right at 75 members in there. Um, people are starting to comment. We got a couple guys that really participate, and uh, I'd like to see the rest of the people in there participate a little bit more. I mean, you've talked about that. A little bit more conversation, more photos. The, the more we can get, I think it, it helps everybody out. If people have questions about cost or if they think something's going to cost too much or if they should buy something, Remember that everybody has different taste buds. So what I think's good or what you think's good, Jim, is uh, not always what they're going to like. Well, they can hear us on almost every episode where we talk about our differences. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, which I think is a good thing for the show, and it, and it just goes to show you that everybody likes something different. So, and Everybody likes something at a different price point. And I think we yeah. all, th- you know, me and you will drink from the bottom shelf all the way up the top. And um Hopefully this year we'll be start doing some reviews. Yep. And we've we've talked about that. Um, and how are we going to do it? Uh, well, you know, I think that we've decided that you know we're not going to give a number score as we review a whiskey. We're just going to talk a little bit about uh, the tasting notes we get. We're probably going to review it over a three to four day period, and we'll come together and do a review. And uh, we'll, we'll rate a whiskey according to whether or not we feel it's a good. Mixing whiskey, yeah, if that's fair. If it's a good sipping whiskey, or if it's something we'd like to share with a good friend, special occasion whiskey, something like that. So, kind of like, like we're doing right here. Yeah, not all these are going to get shared with everybody, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's that's not true because if Jim would tell you, you know, I've got four shelves full of bourbon, a bar full of bourbon, an, another whole case of bourbon underneath our TV and stuff, and uh, if there's not an open bottle and you wanted to open it, I'd say, hey, open it right up. I, anybody's welcome to my house and surely yeah. welcome to whatever I have to drink. And, you know, uh, it's not – if you talk about a whiskey and you say, you know, that's that's good for making some cocktails, that's not a bad thing. I think a lot of the distilleries are proud to know that their juice is being used in cocktails. In fact, that's – in many cases, that's the biggest part of their market. You know, it, the the guys who are sitting back in a – easy chair at home sipping on a little bit of fine bourbon are not consuming the many gallons that go through, you know, uh, a bar, a bar at, you know, cocktails, highballs, things like that. That's where the real volume goes. So it's, uh, it's respectable to be a mixing whiskey. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a different type. I think most people be surprised if they come to Louisville and most bars in Louisville's well whiskey, Mm -hmm. well bourbon is old Forester. Sure. Um, some places in Louisville, or you got over to Frankfurt or Lexington, their well whiskey is Buffalo Trace. Yeah, because that's their 
kind of their brand over yeah. there. Um, so I don't think you're right. Um, a cocktail was made to make whiskey taste better. Um, so do you need to put a fifty or sixty dollar whiskey in your cocktail? You can. Yeah, it's hey, it's you your can. money. Um, but not always, you know, the thing that needs to be done. A lot of times, uh, you know, a, a, a bottom shelf whiskey can go just fine in a cocktail or, or in a highball and and uh, maybe save the, the more expensive, more uh, complex whiskeys for sipping, you know. And then the really good bottles, the really good bottles, the ones that, you know, quite a fine, something special, those are for sharing, you know. Those are for, for having, you know, with a good friend or at a special occasion or, or something like that. So every whiskey has its purpose. And, uh, well, I think it's the best way for us to rate them. You know, we, we're not always going to agree on it. I don't think. Yeah. So it's, it, I think it would be hard for either one of us to agree completely on something. A lot of times we do. We sit there yeah. and say, hey, this is really great bourbon right here. Um, but you're going to get different tasting notes than I get. Um, sometimes we get the same tasting notes. We're both spot on on it. Um, but oftentimes you're a rye guy. I'm a weeded guy. So sometimes a rye is unpleasant to me to where a weeded might be unpleasant to you. You probably think it's too sweet where I'm like, I got that sweet tooth. I, I want that sweetness. Well, you know what, Mike, we got, we got a bunch of listeners pounding on the table right now saying, guys, you're supposed to get right to the whiskey. Well, I've been here right <laughs> with the whiskey. I've been sitting here drinking it the whole time. <laughs> So this is the special reserve we we're sipping on. This is a special reserve, and this is a this is a bottle that can typically be found at what price? I I think you can find it twenty two dollars to up to thirty dollars. Yeah. Um, if you're paying a little bit more than that, I don't think that's a, a crime. Um, a lot of states might have it at fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, and I've seen it as much as two hundred dollars a bottle. And it's a it's a solid bourbon, right? It is. I mean, hey, so. A lot of people don't know that Pappies, um, they, this is their bourbon. It's their mash bill. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same mash bill, same distillery, same mash bill as Pappies. So different floor, different warehouse, different floor. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know where the, the Weller Special Reserve comes from, but I mean, I've been in the warehouse and seen the Pappy barrels, but I don't know what else is in there. But it's called Poor Man's Pappy. Uh, I think Poor Man's Pappy. To the best of my recollection, is a mixture of Weller 12 and Weller 107. I think you take those two in some proportion, and it's supposed to make you a poor man's pappy. Well, I just sit here and think I'm drinking pappy, and I just close my eyes. And- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what, that's uh, that's caramel as the day is long, isn't it? It is. It's uh, a little bit of cola, kind of uh, vanilla, vanilla Coke. Caramel. How old is this one? Is this a six to eight year bourbon? I thought it was seven years, what I've heard in the past. Um, I know the Wellers typically, the one, I mean, the antiques around seven years. So, yeah, probably the same. Yeah, there's a little bit of cherry, just a hint of cherry in that. Now, this is 90 proof. Sweet bourbon, smooth. I mean, it is. And some people, we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. smooth being a bad word in, in bourbon. But, man, this is something you can sit by the fire and really relax and enjoy. And it's a great expression. Yeah. Um, 
It's uh, so I already took a taste. Cheers, by the way, Mike. Post post taste. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> it's um, it's definitely got that real sweetness up front. You know that delicate, soft sweetness up front that you get from a weeder. And uh, but you know, surprisingly enough, there's a little bit of spice there. I think the spice comes from the barrel, though, right? Probably. It's uh, you know, this is proof down to to ninety. Um, it's got some, still got. If you look at the legs on there, it's still got some great legs for it. The oak influence is on it. I mean, you can definitely tell. Now, if I remember correctly on the Weller 12, and I haven't had that in a minute or two, but um, that's that's the master of oak there. But this <laughs> one's got a little bit of oak on it. Now, when you line these four bottles up as we got them today, this is a little bit lighter to be expected, right, um, in color. Um, and I think as we go up and proof here, it, it just probably can get better and better and better. Mm -hmm. Now, this bottle's been open for, uh, I'd say, about four months, maybe. Yeah. I haven't been drinking on it a whole lot lately. Well, you've been having to taste a lot of other bottles. I have been tasting a lot of other bottles, and I've been trying to polish off a Wilderness Trail bottle up there. I've been a champion of that that bourbon, and um, it's a weeded bourbon. They're sweet mash, and I've been drinking away. There's a lot of other weeded bourbons out there. I think people there should are. try. So actually, you know, you probably need to go ahead and finish that weeded bourbon because they've got a, a six-year version coming out this year. Don't oh they? man, you know I'm going to be trying to snatch up a bottle as soon as it comes out, right? Yeah. yeah so there, I guess when we were talking to Pat and Shane over Wilderness Trail, their their goal was to try and hit that six to eight year mark on all their their bourbons, and, and this is a big year for them. Right? Yeah. So does that mean when two more years we're going to see an eight year from them? Um, Either that or their batches that come out will be a kind of a blend of six to eight-year bourbons. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what their ultimate plan is, but that's a fine-weeded bourbon. Fine-weeded bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. There's other companies out there, other distilleries, that seems like everybody's <clears throat> trying to come out with a, a weeded mash bill, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if they haven't, I think they will. Heard rumor today that, you know, Bullet might be coming out with a weeded bourbon, and that, that was kind of surprising. Yeah, because I don't think that, at this point it's just a rumor, though. Because I, I mean, some people may yeah. know for a fact, but we don't. We've heard other rumors that yeah. other people are coming out with weeded bourbon, and do we do we know it? Do we see it? You know, I think I think they would be hard pressed not to come out with a weeded bourbon and catch that part of the market. There's two categories that are well, I don't know if you'd call a weeded bourbon a category, but uh, certainly. Um, a rise a category you know and and rise there's everybody starting to come out with rise right rye and whiskey rye whiskey that's right um so i think it would be um it would behove <laughs> somebody that's out to our bourbon lens buddies there <laughs> it would it would uh, behoove them to uh to have a weed of whiskey as well because it's gaining in popularity no doubt about it you're saying it's a little bit smoother drinking um you know, there's there's great other ones out there. We just did a finished up an episode with Bluegrass Distillers, and man, they had some great whiskey there, right? Yeah, they did. Um, I was trying to think of the other mash bills that are out there, other distilleries. Larceny from Heaven Hill. Um, mm -hmm. They actually this this month they released their barrel strength. That's right, um, Larceny. 
And then you have Old Fitzgerald from Old there. Fitzgerald. A lot of people didn't know. Some people don't even know that's a weeded weeded yep. bourbon. And uh, uh, Rebel Yell from Mexico. Yeah, we've drank plenty of that, right? The hundred the hundred proof is really something special. You know, I think it is. I think it's a good solid. I don't think it's something special. I think it's a good solid weeded bourbon. I think a lot of people hit on that name pretty hard because of the, yeah because of Rebel, but. Um, that's not what that brand's about. They are about their 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 whiskey, and their ten year is an exceptional weeded bourbon. Mm-hmm. I would put that right up with any other weeded bourbon. Well, Mike, any calling out any notes on this stuff here? I don't know. I get a lot of uh, crisp baked apple in it. Yeah, um, I mean, I get a fruit. It's uh, it could be an apple. I I got a little bit a hint of cherry, but. I typically get more cherry out of the, the 107, the antique. Now these are none of these are store picks except the foolproof, right? No, they're they're just uh, the, only the foolproof is the store pick. Okay. I think uh, some people they're out there searching for it and they're shocked at those prices of what these would cost them. Um, I probably. I don't know. I might have a couple hundred bucks in these four bottles right here. Um, and that's because I like the bourbon. I love Weller. I love how they taste. You know, I want every expression. If I could stockpile it away, I probably would. I'm not going to sell my bourbon to anybody else. Yeah. It's, it's for me. Or, you know, if I think of our the roadies or our uh, people that like our Facebook page or people that like our Instagram page think these two guys are stockpiling whiskey away. That's that's not true at all. Well, I mean, I mean, to be, to be fair, when I heard that the that the um, Heaven Hill six year bottle and bomb was going to be disappearing, I put two cases in my cabinet. But that's not to sell, though. It's not to sell. That's a drink. I mean, yeah. I love that bourbon. Yeah. I always have loved it, and you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want it to go away so fast. I wanted to ease my well to ease myself out, you know. And uh, when the price on uh, Henry McKenna started climbing. I grabbed a case and put it in my in my cellar. So I do that from time to time when I'm scared I'm not going to be able to get something that I really want to have on hand. But it's certainly not to sell it, not to trade it. I mean, now this Weller Special Reserve, I think I have five, six bottles <laughs> stashed away, and that's because that's my that's that's my client's house bourbon. Yeah, you know, um, that's that's where I'm going. So what are we going to do this year, Jim? We we got some stuff we're going to do. What are we going to do special? Well, you mentioned that we're going to start doing some reviews. Yep. So we'll do um, reviews on our blog. Uh, We're primarily going to focus on bourbons that we have on the show. So, um, you know, we're hopefully going to have an opportunity to introduce some bourbons that other people haven't tried yet. We'll do a review of them. We'll have them on the show. Sometimes we'll talk to the master distillers. Um, we'll also release uh, some video reviews on Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, we haven't been giving YouTube a lot of love. You know, we're an audio podcast, and all of our podcasts do make it to YouTube, but there's no video there. Every now and then, I think we need to make sure a little video gets to YouTube. Um, so, yeah, audio and video podcast reviews as well as um, written reviews on the blog. I think another thing that we want to do this year is um, we want to get some listeners on the show. I think that that'd be great. I mean, we're we live on the Bourbon Trail. We're here. Yeah, a good majority of our listeners are coming this way 
not every year, but from time to time to to visit the trail and tour some distilleries. I just think it'd be great for us to meet up with some of them sometime and bring them out here to the house and show them a good time. Let them drink on our uh, <laughs> bourbon a little bit, or meet up at the Silver Dollar, you know, and yeah. and do that. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a good idea um, to to start building that community a little bit more. So we're we putting too. out an article too about the Bourbon Trail restaurants and um, bourbon bars to to do it right, right. You know, something besides the distilleries uh, that if you're out on the bourbon trail and you want to get a bite to eat or if you just want to have a drink, be a good place to do. We're also going to have uh, some stuff that people can buy this year, right? That's right. So our um, our Glen Cairns are in production. So we should have those here pretty soon. Uh, we're going to be having some other things too, possibly some challenge coins some ball caps, things like that. People have been asking for it. And... Uh, you know, it's something that we kind of put off doing for a while, but I think it's probably time we do. So, yeah, we'll have some. And, you know, we'll, we, those aren't just for selling, too. They're for they're for giveaways, and uh, certainly they're for us to take to our interviews, you know. and uh, We'll definitely be having some giveaways this year. Yeah. Um, and it, watch for those on Instagram. Watch for them on Facebook. Um, I'll put those up and um, make sure you, you participate. Because that's the only way you're going to get get a, a glass or a cap or a T-shirt or challenge coin. Right. Um, otherwise, from buying it. Yeah. Um, so I think we got some great stuff. You know, we'd also discussed, and, you know, this is not a sure thing yet, but uh, one of the things I'd like to do is, you know, start doing some live stuff, you know, where you know, everything we do now is pre-recorded. But I think maybe this is a year for a few live events. And uh, primarily just for our listeners, the ones that are uh, in the bourbon roadies and those who are, you know, following us on a regular basis, uh, you know, to have some, you know, video conferencing events where we do some whiskey tastings and kind of a gathering around the bonfire kind of thing. Yeah. And We're going to do a whiskey tasting, a couple whiskey tastings this year, bourbon, yep. bourbon tastings yeah. with us. And uh, that'll be a class we put on, um, whiskey tasting class. Um so look for that stuff in the probably coming weeks, right? For our store, and then um, those whiskey tasting class will be in the next month or two. Yeah. So 2019 was kind of the year where we figured out how to do this podcast thing, you know, and figure out how to do that Instagram thing, and how does all this work, you know? And this is kind of the year to to start exploring and and, and build on that a little bit. So yeah, I'm excited about it. What are you pouring there, Mike? Well, I emptied empty my glass a little quicker than most. Uh, I got the Weller 12 out. Um, now, it, it, this is something that's hard to find. Yeah, it is. It is not easy to find. I don't have a bottle. And that's, that's surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it took me a while to find this bottle. And a, a guy at work said, hey, I can get you a bottle. And um, I, I got myself a bottle. And... This is actually one of the older bottles. Um, it has the metal cap on it. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with those metal caps. That bourbon's not bad or nothing. Um, a lot of people frown on that. Now, the new bottles that have come out have the cork in them, right? Right. So that's the Weller 12, the 107, and the foolproof are corked. But the Special Reserve is still... From metal- what I understand, they all are going to cork. Oh, they're all going to cork. Yeah. Okay. From what I understand, I, I could be wrong. You know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a bourbon expert. I'm just a bourbon bullshitter. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, the Weller Twelve. It's like you said, it's it's all oak, isn't it? Oh yeah, so definitely a a lot more oak influence on that, especially on the nose. I mean, you can pick that up immediately after drinking that special reserve. And the fruits are a little bit darker now. I mean, it's got a little bit more uh, cherry and plum. Dried cherry. Dried, yeah. I get a date. Yeah, a little bit more towards the earthy notes, but not, I mean, not not, uh, mushroom earthy, but a little bit more, um, yeah, dried fruit. Now, what would somebody pay for in a bar to, to taste this if it's on the shelf? I guess it depends on the bar. I mean, I've seen it for, you know, 20 bucks for a pour, 15 to 20 bucks. That's a, that's a pretty good price for a pour I, I, of this, I think. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't had it and you go to a bar, I would suggest that you go ahead and pull out that 20 spot and, and get yourself a pour of this. It is a bourbon to drink neat. Yep. I can remember it was probably... I don't know the year, 2012, maybe eight years ago. I uh, I was at the liquor store and I just went in to get probably my good old wild turkey or something. I don't know. but And the fellow that was working behind the counter said, have you ever had Weller 12? And I said, nope, I don't think so. I don't remember having Weller 12. And he said, well, you should try a bottle of it. And I think it was... It's forty dollars or thirty dollars or Ooh. whatever it was, you know. I don't know whatever the price was, and I bought a bottle of it and I took it home and I I sipped on it for a little bit and I thought, man, this is this is some fine stuff, <laughs> really good. So I had a couple friends come over and they tried it and they liked it and I called the fellow back up and asked him anymore. He said he had a case. I said I'll take it. And I bought a case. So and I split it with one of my friends and. We drank that over the course of the next year, you know, and uh, never thought anything of it. Now you can't even touch it. You can't even get your hands on it. I think that was back, I think that was back when it had the, didn't it have like a raised, like, like letters on it or something? I can't remember. They're still kind of raised. If you feel these bottles, it's still kind of raised on there and yeah. stuff. Um, I don't know. This This is some fine bourbon, that's for sure. Yeah, when you sip on this one, it's a different world than that special reserve. I, I wouldn't call it, it's not an everyday bourbon. It's something that I pull out for special occasions. It's up on my shelf. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. It's it's just something I, I'd love to have. Um, I looked for a bottle and I had I tasted it before and I was like, wow, this is some amazing bourbon right here. I got I definitely have to have a bottle of it. You know, there's something special that happens to a bourbon in that 8 to 12-year range. Um, it's different. I mean, it's definitely different. I think that bourbons go through kind of uh, seasons in their life, you know, and we've had plenty of two-year-old bourbons, you and I. And uh, you, can, you can taste the youth in them. You can taste that green and brittleness to them. And then that, and that corn sweetness, and that kind of disappears over the next two years. It just kind of subsides and goes away. They hit that four-year mark, and they just become a different l- liquid. And and over the course of the next four years, it just continues to grow and age and become better. And it's uh, it's, it's pretty impressive to watch a bourbon age and grow. And we're getting to do to see that with like the Wilderness Trail. 
Yeah, their bourbon is just going to get. Yeah. I think it'll be phenomenal here in a couple of years. Well, Jim, let's let's keep sipping on this. Yep. Um, we're probably right around the break time right here. Woodrow, I think he decided he he's wanted, ready for us to take a break. He wanted to be on microphone. He's up here sniffing your mic, so <laughs> <laughs> we don't have headphones on. We can't hear it, but I imagine it's it's doing it. But I, I tell you what, there's there's not a better place to to drink a glass of bourbon than sit right here in front of this fire with this dog. That's right. I mean, it's pretty relaxing. When people hear me say that, it's not something I'm just saying to say. It's something I truly do. Um, two big leather chairs here with yep. some bourbon and my wife or, and my dog. You know, that's a better or a good friend like Jim. Yep. I appreciate that. All right. Well, let's sip on this Weller 12 and we'll come back after the break. And we'll see. We'll see what the next one is. like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Logheads Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Logheads, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Logheads Furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. Logheads Rustic Furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, Give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram at Logheads Home Center. All right, Mike, well, we're back, and uh, that Weller 12 is history. It was. <laughs> I took one big swallow of it, and it was gone. So we took a few minutes there. You threw a couple more logs on the fire. Woodrow's passed out on the floor here. Yeah, he did his did his rounds of the house, made sure everything was good, and he came back and laid back down. <laughs> so what type of dog is Woodrow? Because they're they're all sitting out there wondering what the heck. Who's Wood, this Woodrow guy? Woodrow is a pure breed yellow lab. Yeah. Uh, he's named for the eighties uh miniseries, Lonesome Dove. And there's a kennel over uh, in Richmond, Kentucky, that um, we wanted to start a dog. Start a dog being a dog that um, he already knows how to sit, stay. Uh, he wasn't going to be a hunter. So we wanted a dog that we didn't have to ha- house train or nothing. And uh, Vivian said, hey, let's go over and look at this dog. And I said, all right, let's. we drove over to Richmond. Richmond's about 15, 20 minutes south of Lexington. Yeah. So a little over an hour from here. Um, so we drove over there, and, and as soon as she told me his name, I was like, I'm getting this dog. I looked at photos <laughs> so, of him. So who played Woodrow in Lonesome Dove? It was a – oh, man, you had to ask me that. Tommy Lee jo- Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. So Tommy Lee Jones played Woodrow McCall yeah. in Lonesome Dove, and um, Robert Duvall played Augustus McCreed. Um, in Lonesome Dove. Yeah, and Robert Duvall, you say, now Woodrow? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Woodrow here, he lives on our farm. He swims in the creek, swims in the pond. Um, 
he's definitely a farm dog. He rides on my tractor with me. He rides on my lawnmower and stuff with me. Uh, he's, he stays with me pretty much. If he could, he, I'm pretty positive he would stay with me. I think he probably he heard you mention his name as he sat up there and I laid back down again. <laughs> All right. So what do we got in our glass here? We got the Weller Antique. This or is a Weller, Weller 107. 107. Or what is, what's the abbreviation for it? OWA? OWA. Yep. Old Weller Antique. Yep. Does it still say, it don't say Old Weller on it anymore? It doesn't. It just says Weller. It's got the W on there. And uh, this is actually a cork one. This was a new one. Um, I got this from making, making a relationship with a store owner and, or a store manager. Mm -hmm. Um he texted me one day and said, I got some bottle of uh, antique for you. Do you want it? And I said, yep. So I got, went in there and he had two bottles for me saved back behind. And I, I'd say that to everybody is if you really do want the good bourbon, um, no matter what state you live in, build that relationship. It might take you six months. It might take you a year. It might take you longer than that. Because um, they got the bourbons in the back. They got them under the counter and they're only bringing them out for the people who are loyal to them. Yeah. Some store owners do it differently. They do a yep. point system or loyalty card or, um, you know, the stores I go to don't do that. Um, and I've built relationships with three or four stores and you have to, where you can go in there and they know who you are. And it, it is nice to have a, be on a podcast and talk about bourbon and stuff. So they know who you are. Right. Um, and I've did a couple of videos guys have seen, um, Somebody mentioned today on Facebook, they were like, you need to share some of that, um, what they call it. They called this, uh, what they say whenever you get benefits from people, like companies and stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying like, to get at. Like free, a lot of people thought this is free bourbon that we're drinking tonight. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you, none of this bourbon I'm drinking tonight or Jim's drinking tonight has been free or given to us. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't think it matters who you are. I think I heard old Mr. Fred Minnick say on one of his shows here recently that he spends between 10 and 20,000 a year on bourbon. So we might get samples from distilleries. We might get a few bottles in the mail and, and uh, you know, for, for this, that, and the other, but for the most part, we're buying our bourbon. We're buying our bourbon. Really good bourbon. You're, you're going to have to. You buy. are. Nobody's giving us Pappy. Yeah. That's for sure. Now, if, now Pappy wants to do an interview with us. Yeah. And bring some bourbon. Yeah. I'm I'm all I'm down for that. Are you he'll, down for that? He'll probably say, "Go buy a bottle." When you got to give me a call, I'll come over and we'll do the <laughs> interview. <laughs> huh. All right, so 107 proof. This is about a seven-year-old bourbon. It is uh, enters the barrel at 114 and um, gets proofed down to 107 before it goes in the bottle. Right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the things that's kind of a signature. Now, I actually had a little bit of 107 before I came over here tonight. Did you? I pulled out my silver dollar pick, 107. And how was that? It's good. A little more cherry than this one. This The, the one from silver dollar is a little more like cherry Coke, you know, for me. But that, that pick is a single barrel. That's a single barrel. So we'll talk about that in a minute, single yeah. barrels. Yeah, this... Uh, a little bit more alcohol in there, I guess, maybe because of the yeah. higher proof. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, 107 Antique definitely says hello when it hits your tongue. There's no doubt about now it. Let's, let's talk about nosing because, I, you know, I see some guys, they'll bury their nose in there. 
I don't do it that way. I don't nose a bourbon that way. Um, and when I'm saying nosing, I'm talking about how you smell it and stuff. I see guys bury their nose in there and hold it in there. I don't know how they do it because if I do that, it, it burns my nose. Yeah. No, I mean, if you, if you, if you exhale first, it might clear the glass of all that ethanol. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't want to stick my nose way down in there. So we're only nosing for a second or two to get, mm-hmm. just to get that yeah. good whiff of it. See if you can get that sensory, uh, that, that smell that maybe a thought that you smelt some cedar, yeah. um, in a horse barn. Not here. Not, not this. <laughs> yeah. It does, definitely doesn't have any cedar in it. Um, but to bring back that memory of something you smelled and right. stuff. Um, this, this does, I don't think this has as good legs as the Special Reserve in 12 year. I don't know why, but. Well, some people like the 107 better than the 12, and some like the 12 better than the 107. They're both excellent bourbons. Um, personally, I think I lean towards the Weller 12. I like a little bit more age on it. But uh, I used to I used to feel like the 107 kind of had my pick, had my vote. But I was drinking primarily single barrels of 107. Was that because it's maybe higher higher proof? Yeah, I no, I think it's because when I was able to get a bottle of 107, it was usually a single barrel, a store pick, and those are a lot of times those are special. Sure. And you know, uh, just drinking a just a run of the mill. You know, batch of 107, it's not quite up to 112, uh, the Weller 12 standard. Now, for our bourbon curious listeners, our guys and gals are brand new to bourbon and they're just trying to figure stuff out and they're looking at me and you and saying, or listening to me and you saying, hey, tell us. So tell us what a store pick is, Jim. Well, I mean, uh, most of the distilleries have barrel programs. And a barrel program is an opportunity for a retailer to come in, uh, bring their staff, uh, bring maybe a few customers with them, and taste through some barrels at the distillery, uh, narrow down their choices to a single barrel, and then have that barrel bottled and sent back to the store in cases. And that's across the United States. Yeah. So everybody's doing it. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from. You can do store picks. And we get a little bit. Well, I said a little bit. I'll say a lot more here in Kentucky. Well, um, I mean, all the a lot of the picks are done here in Kentucky. But, you know, there's, there's really a couple of ways to do a, a barrel pick. One of the ways is, as I just mentioned, you know, you get you and your crew and you drive down to the distillery. And uh, you go in, and they'll take you on a tour. And then when the tour's over, they'll take you to the wherever they're setting up the barrels for you to taste. And you'll taste through some barrels until you make your choice. You know, you sometimes some distilleries will let you choose from three or four barrels. Some distilleries, you know, like in the case of going to Wild Turkey and picking a barrel Russell's, you know, you can go through eight, 10, 12, 12 barrels. Um, long day. <laughs> but um, there are... Always the option, though, that you can have them send you samples in the mail, and then you can pick your barrels back at home. So if you're from California, California, Oregon, or and it's just not feasible for you to drive to Kentucky, um, and, you know you can you can certainly have samples sent to yourself, uh, or you can send a proxy to the distillery to pick for you, 
Now, if you know somebody, so anybody out there looking to do a barrel pick and man, me and Jim would love to do that. For we'll, you. we'll be happy to, to proxy for you and, and help you pick a barrel. But you know, the, uh, the idea here is to get something that's a little off profile. So, you know, you don't want to go in to a, for example, Weller, do a Weller pick for like a Weller 107 pick, a Weller foolproof pick or a 107 pick or an antique pick and go in and pick something that's on profile, you know, cause you, if you want something that's on profile, you can go to the shelf and buy it. Right. Sure. You want to pick something that's a little unusual, a little different. Uh, and you know, you, the idea there is to find something that sort of stands out that you think, particularly for a star, star something you think is going to really interest your customers. No, they always, they always prove it down to where that's at. Now, typically when you are doing the barrel pick, you're drinking barrel proof, but if you're smart about it, you'll, You'll use a little bit of water and try to get an idea of what that's going to taste like. But when it's bottled, is it going to be proofed down? It will be proofed down. It'll be matching the you know the label. So if you picked a store pick Weller uh, Special Reserve, it's mm-hmm. going to be, it's not going to be high proof. It's going to be at 90, 90 It's going to be at ninety. Well, I mean, yeah. So um, I haven't been on a. The only pick I've been on at Weller is a foolproof pick. I've not picked a an antique an antique. Weller. And a store pick I got from Chuck's down there in Bowling Green, they, it, it's at 90 proof. Uh, and I just wanted our listeners to know that and stuff. You know, I think, you know, I mean, you mean, we talked about high proof bourbon the other day, and a lot of guys are drinking this high proof bourbon like they're sucking it down. Yeah. Um, And they say, you know, it, I don't know. I Somebody was asking about that today, and I said, here's my thing is, I watch people drink high proof bourbon. They'll drink it. When I say high proof bourbon, I'm, it's at 128 to what up to 140. Yeah, and 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 in a few instances, it's been over 140. Yeah. Um, so, but then they're putting ice in it. Mm-hmm. They're putting water in it. Yeah. Aren't they just proofing down their bourbon? Yeah. Yeah. In a way, I mean, uh, one of the things I think a natural progression for a bourbon drinker. You know, you start out drinking 80, 90 proof bourbons. You get that, um, you get that bottle and bond at 100. The stuff starts tasting good to you. As you go up in proof, you go up in richness and character. And as you get to barrel proof bourbons, they seem to have so much more going on. You know, there's a lot more going on there. If you find bourbons that aren't overpowering you with ethanol, you know, you just get those deep, rich flavors that are just, like those old Carters, you know, they just, they're so, so rich and deep and dark, but, um, you kind of get accustomed to that. And if you drink a 90 proof bourbon, you're like, eh, that's water. You know, it's kind of, you can't appreciate the lower proof bourbons anymore. So if you live in that space, you live in that barrel proof space, that's all you drink. You can kind of burn out your palate in a way, you know, where you don't get to enjoy um, you know, the lower proof bourbons and there's some fantastic bourbons in the 90 to 105 range, uh, 90 to 100 range, let's just say, um, not a lot of them. I'm choosing at 80 proof, to be honest with you, it's a little too low for me, but there's some great bourbons and we're drinking a couple of them here. Scotch drinkers though. What's yeah. a, what's a scotch? What's a proof on a scotch? Yeah, typically 80, 90. Yeah. What about an Irish whiskey? Yeah. Same. 
Well, I mean, you can get barrel proofs of those as well, but but typically, typically they're yep. really low lower proof for a, for a bourbon rigger. Yeah, you know, we got some listeners over in Australia, and they were like, "Wow, that's 132 proof." Um, you know, you're you're talking 50, 50 proof more than what they're drinking. Right. That's some amazing to me. You know, I can go. I got a range. I think. I think I got eighty to. 120s pushing it for me. I've had some great bourbons that are over 120. Yeah, I'm not going to drink that every day. Um, yeah. I still want to be able to appreciate that 80 proof bourbon. Yep. You know, do I have a couple of those? I do have a couple on the shelf um, that I'll I'll take sip sip on every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm not mixing those. They they cost me a little bit of money probably or nice gift I got. Um, yeah, I mean if if you if you think about it. Um, you know, Basil Hayden at 80 proof. Ancient Age, 80. When, it, when you look at the Ancient Age, 80 and 90 proof, I prefer the 80. But those are a couple of bourbons that I think are solid at 80 proof. I don't reach for them very often because, to me, I think my, my palate's more accustomed to bottle and bond range right around 100 sure. proof. I kind of think it's important if you're drinking high proof bourbons on a regular basis that... You spend some time in the 90 to 100 range, at least for your daily drinkers, because I, I truly believe you can burn your palate out and you can't appreciate the lower proof stuff anymore. Well, I think for me and you, it's important if, you yeah. know, we're sitting here talking to listeners and saying um, it's just as important to drink a lower proof bourbon and review a lower proof bourbon yep. as it is a high proof bourbon, especially if our listeners can't get those limited bottles and stuff. Right. If they're in states like Virginia, that's a controlled state um, and they're not able to get those, those bottles. Um, we're, we're pretty lucky to be here in Kentucky and yeah. be on a bourbon trail. Our listeners um, throughout the world might not be able to get that stuff or be able to drink that high proof right. uh, stuff. Or me and your, our palates are a little bit different. Yeah. So on a daily basis, I'm not drinking high proof stuff. I mean, I love to sip on it. I love to enjoy it, but I typically drink bourbons in the 90 to 100 range as daily drinkers. 101, actually. 90 yeah. to 101. Yeah. You, you love that 101. Yeah. <laughs> I love that 101. So speaking of 101, yeah. Wild Turkey's going to come out with a bonded bottle and bond this year, right? Uh, yeah. So they've got a bottle and bond coming out. Trying to think of what else is coming out this year. Uh, you know, we we know that Elisha Craig got a rye coming out this year, right? Yeah. Um, benchmark from Buffalo Trace. The whole I mean, line of benchmark coming out. Yeah, right? I mean, wasn't that shocking? Yeah, I think it was a little shocking. Um, you know, I think Old Forester stepping it up, a proof in their single barrel. It'll be a nice thing. We're going to have her on in a couple weeks. Right? Yeah. So yeah, we've got some great shows coming up. We've got. You know, Angels in West Henderson, Angels Envy. We've got Jackie Zykan from Old Forester coming up. And we've got Peggy No Stevens coming on here in a little while. We're going to have a, a country artist on too. Uh, more kind of pop, I wouldn't call him pop, more country, uh, bluegrass. Yeah. Brent Cobb, he's written a lot of songs for a lot of people. Yeah. We're yeah. still going to try to stick to our roots somewhat um, yeah. on the bourbon culture, though. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll have some fun. It's going to be an exciting show. year. It's got yeah. a lot of great people. We've got some. We've already got some people who are coming to the bourbon country. 
uh, who are listeners of the show that we've already kind of made an arrangement to have them on. We won't talk about who they are, but uh, we've got some listeners that are going to come on the show. I think we're going to show them a good time here. It'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. We've got some episodes that we're going to do with some other, um, you know, we've, we've had an episode with uh, the bourbon lens before. I think there's some stuff in the works to get some other um, podcasts and collaborations, I guess. Collaborations. Yeah. Collaborations with other media outlets. How's that? The guys I really want to sit down to, and we've talked about this trip, is uh, to go down to Nashville and yep. hit a couple of distilleries down there. Yep. Um, try to hang out with a dad's drinking bourbon. That'd be great. Um, hang out with Peg Leg Porker over on his podcast. Get on his, his podcast. podcast get on his podcast and just have some fun. Though. Yeah. Take I want to hit that Tennessee Whiskey Trail. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm excited about that. That That's coming together. It's been a couple of years now, and uh, there's a lot of great – you've been – Old Dominic, yeah, and uh, I, I tell you, I'd like to get to get down to Chattanooga, get down to Chattanooga, yeah, and uh, get back to uh, Greenbrier, Nelson's Greenbrier, yeah. I think this, this is going to be a great year. Um, I think having those listeners on, um, like we said, we're not going to say who they are, um, but if you're a listener out there, it could be you, and you just don't know it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's great. So we went ahead and poured our, our final pour here. Well, we're foolproof. My, not my final final pour because Vivian's going to be coming home from work and the fire is rolling. So yeah. the music will probably come on um, and we'll probably uh, drink a little bit more tonight. There you go. So this is uh, Weller foolproof. It's 114 proof. And uh, kind of the idea here is, is when they're, when they're, when they're making Weller, when they when they come off the still, they proof it to 114 before they put it in the barrel. And uh, so when they call full proof, they mean the proof at which it entered the barrel as white dog. Now this is a store pick, though. This is a store pick. There's only so many of those. How many how many bottles were in this one? I don't know for sure. Um, you know, it's, around 200. Yeah, probably less because it is, you know, a higher proof. So there'll be fewer bottles. I think probably more like 160-ish, I, I would guess. This was a seven-year-old bourbon. I was there on the pick. Uh, we got to select from four different barrels. And the, it was easy to throw one away. You know, when you're, a lot of times that's true. There's usually one barrel that's easy to say, yeah, that's not the one. Then there's a couple that are kind of in the middle. And there's one maybe that stands out. Um, there's not always a consensus by the people that are tasting it and what it should be picked, but you're always kind of hoping your barrel, the one you like, is the one that gets sure. there. But this one had kind of a savory, salty note to it. And uh, that's why we picked it, because of that. I think I think it has a little bit of a salty caramel. Um, now, when I picked this bottle up from the store... Um, which is liquor outlet there, Simpsonville. Um, the sticker wasn't on it. Yeah. And I put the sticker, which I liked. Uh, I mean, you talked about this, this, this sticker and, um, I actually put it covered up the back label completely with mm-hmm. it. Um, and I kind of like that. Um, I wish it would have been a little bit bigger, I guess. Yeah. To cover it fully. Well, the label had to be created on this and, and, Kudos go out to uh, Jason C. at the Mash and Drum. Mash and Drum. Our he designed Jason, yeah. the label for this. He was on the pick as well, and he designed the label for this, and he came up with the name for the bottle. 
And you, everybody probably saw this on our Instagram and our Facebook lately. Yeah. Um, and I put it with my my shadow box, my sea chest, um, as a uh, as a photo and stuff. It, so you've seen this what we're drinking called the Kraken, and it's not something it's not something that I didn't open. I opened it right away and wanted yeah. to try it. So uh, for people out there that think that we're collecting bottles or it's some pretty bourbon sitting on the shelf. Definitely not at my house, and I'll 100% tell you, not at Jim's house. Uh, if it's there, we can open it. We can drink it. And and I believe the same way. Everybody should be that. It shouldn't sit on the shelf for 50 years and just be a collector's item. But at the end of the day, you're bourbon. You're, you're bourbon your way. That's you right. Know, we've, you're, it's your bourbon road. And um, so that, that's another thing I'd like to say about our social media. So we always put those hashtags. And every post we do, we put your bourbon your way and we put your bourbon road so what i'd like our listeners to do uh whenever we do that on facebook you could do it or on instagram 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 is harder because you can't post an extra photo yeah thing but on facebook post a post a photo of your bourbon road for us let us know what your bourbon road is tell us tell us your story yeah um we we want everybody to to be included in our group yeah so yeah the, the, we had a discussion about store picks and single barrels. And I have kind of, I'm kind of harsh on that. You know, whenever you're doing a store pick with a single barrel, now you guys on this pick also pick a Blanton's. Picked a Blanton's on the same day. Well, actually, we did pick a Blanton's on the same day, but something went wrong. Uh, and they didn't have the barrel ready for us for the pick. So they had to send the bottles out to the store. And then we went back and tasted them at the store. So that happens sometimes. I mean, you know, things don't work out the way they should. And uh, well, the distillery does the best to make, you know, make it work. Do what they can. Yeah. So my thing is, is why would I buy a store pick single barrel? Because if a Blanton's is already single barrel, right? Blanton's is a single barrel already. Yep. So what makes it different? Because you're the guy trying it, right? And it's sitting right next to... Let's say you pick the bottle, the barrel right next to the bottle that I got from the barrel. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? It does. I like to think that the people at the distillery who are selecting the barrels for the barrel program are taking a little extra care and making sure that the barrels that are presented to people when they come in are a little special. Okay, they're a little off profile. They've got some notes that make them unique so that when you do have an opportunity to go pick a barrel, you get one that's not like that everyday bottle that's on the shelf. Sure. So, you know, Blanton's, they're single barrels, but I would say that when they get a few that are a little, I would hope anyway, if they get a few that are a little extra special, they get put in the barrel program. That makes that makes sense to me. I I don't know. Whenever I mean, I had a chance to buy one of the Blanton bottles mm-hmm. over there, and I I said I'll just pass it up. Uh, maybe it was the price point on it. I'm not sure what what was going through my mind that day. I I, I just don't know if I could pull myself. If I saw a store pick Eagle Rare, I don't think I would buy it. Even though technically they're not a super uh, some of them are pretty darn good though. 
I mean, but you sometimes you get a bottle off the shelf that's pretty amazing too. I mean, you drank a pretty special yeah, bottle on episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty special. Yeah, I mean, I've had a I've had a silver dollar pick on Eagle Rare that was just knocked my socks off. But by the same token, I've had one right off the shelf that wasn't a pick that was unique enough, and so. Now this this pick right here, it does have that saltiness to it mm-hmm. uh, from sea. We're two old sailors here sitting drinking salty <laughs> bourbon. Um, when I posted this today, because the nickname on this. I guess I'd call it a nickname mm-hmm. is the Kraken. Yep. Um, so um, it's got an octopus it's on it. It's not rum. It's definitely not a rum. It's not rum. <laughs> <laughs> Some people saw that picture. They thought it was rum, right? <laughs> it's, it's not rum. It's definitely a bourbon. Uh, we wouldn't be sitting here drinking rum, I don't think, on our podcast. This um, We probably will be drinking some rum, though, pretty shortly here. Um, we're going on vacation together. We're going to Mexico. Vivian and Mel are taking us to Mexico. Is that correct? They're taking us? Yeah, I think so. we got to take one bottle of bourbon with us. What's it going to be? I don't know. We're going to have to. That's going to be a debate. What what, what makes it in the suitcase? Maybe our listeners will let us know what we should take to Mexico. Hey, hit us up on Facebook in the roadies. Ask to be a member of the roadies. And uh, we'll do a poll on there. Um, we'll, We'll list out. Let's say we'll list out five or six bourbons. Three bourbons each. Yeah. And we'll let our listeners pick our bottle of bourbon that we'll take to Mexico with us. And Scott, it can't be JTS Brown. Yeah, Scott, you can't vote. Uh, Scott's our buddy from the Bourbon Lens. Um, Scott, you can't say JTS Brown. It's not going to be, we're going to pick our three bottles that we want to yeah. take. And then you'll vote. Um, and the winner, we'll, we'll pack that sucker up. We'll take it to Mexico, and we're going to do an episode in the pool. There you go. Sitting by the pool drinking bourbon in Mexico. Now, that'll be fun. That's a, that's a pretty good episode. Yeah, now, we'll do that early in the morning. It'll be 9 o'clock, maybe 10 in the morning. Because we won't be able to talk by 2 or 3. So I I can barely stand up at <laughs> 3 o'clock in Mexico. Um, so I, I think it's a good time. This bourbon, it is, it, is, it is some delicious bourbon. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a savory kind of. Yeah, this would go good. If I had to pair this, I would pair this with um, a big prime rib. That sounds pretty good. Now, we yeah. had some good prime rib the other night. Yeah. And where did we eat at the other night? Uh, the Bell House. The Bell House here in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Yep. Um, great place to eat some great prime rib. Every night they have prime rib? I think they do. Yeah. yeah. I actually had cod, cr- uh, crusted cod loin there, and it was it was really yeah. it was, it was excellent. Um Vivian, she she ate the uh, prime rib, and I was kind of jealous of her. Uh, it come out perfect. Now you had shrimp and grits. Though. I had shrimp and grits. I usually get shrimp and grits when I go out. I just I just love it if if they got it on the menu because I'm all about the grits. I mean, I love shrimp. Don't get me wrong, but I'm all about the grits. You know, grits can be done really good. Sure, and and they did it right there. Two places in our general vicinity here that do great shrimp and grits. One is. The Bell House, but they're far surpassed by the Old Stone Inn. I think their shrimp and grits is just amazing. Now, me and Viv uh, over by Westport Whiskey and Wine. If people are on the Bourbon Trail and they're they're like, "Oh, I'm going to Louisville, Kentucky," and I've heard about this Westport Whiskey and Wine. It's off Westport Road there in the Westport Villages. Me and Viv, uh, we actually went in there that night, and I bought a bottle of wine in there to uh, to make some um, uso buco out of venison. Um, 
so I'm buying that wine. But we're we actually went to dinner at Steak and Bourbon. Yeah, um, I've right of the, there. Haven't been there. Heard of the place? Though. Oh my gosh, what an excellent! I had the cowboy ribeye. Yeah, and everybody's eyes was on my steak when it came out. <laughs> now that thing was a 32 ounce uh, cowboy ribeye, big old bone on it and stuff. Now I'm a big man, and uh, I had my doubts about eating that whole thing, but I, I got it down. <laughs> And we actually, uh, I didn't drink bourbon eat that night. I, they have a bourbon punch there. Yeah. And, uh, I had four or five of those. And uh, by the end of dinner, I felt pretty good. Well, Mike, it's Weller Wednesday. We've done the walk. We've walked our way from Weller Special Reserve through Weller 12, Weller Antique 107. Now we're on the foolproof. What are you choosing for the night? the night's pick here? What do you think? To be honest with you, the smoothest drinking out of all of them, but I could sit down and I could, I could probably polish off half that bottle. Is that Weller Special Reserve? Yeah, you know, I could. I love that bourbon. Um, a lot of people think I'm kidding with them when I say they'll ask me what. You know, we get both of us get a lot of people asking us, "What's your your favorite bourbon?" Yeah, and every time I say Weller Special Reserve. Yeah, but this is this. Foolproof is a pretty special bottle. Yeah, because both the foolproof and the um, now the foolproof brings a little bit of spice in in the in the form of ethanol, right? Yep. A little bit more bite from the ethanol. The Weller Twelve brings it in from a little more barrel spice, right? And you're you like a little bit sweeter, smoother kind of. Um, I, I like softer bourbons. I like off four. My sit down. I don't. I think I could drink a, a glass of this. Um, yeah. This foolproof. And I'll be just fine. But if I'm going to sip on it all night long, yeah, I'm going to stick with that Weller Special Reserve. All right. I think it's it's a beautiful. What about you? For me, probably the Weller 12. I, I like that age on it. I like that, you know, that deeper, richer, oakier flavor yeah. that you get from Weller 12. Now, the Weller Foolproof is delicious. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that that is a very unique salty note on that. And I like that a lot. I mean, I could sit down and drink that whole half of that bottle of that Weller 12, no yep. problem, too. It's, it's still 90 proof. It's not mm-hmm. going to be burning. It's a little older. I, those those are hard to compare between the two. Yep. They're both beautiful expressions. I think the full proof and the antique or something you pull every once in a while and you sure. visit it. And, um, what are special reserves every night drinker, though? Okay, $22 every, a bottle? Yep. You know, when like, you can find it. When you can find it. And, right. um, you know, me and you are lucky to live in bourbon country. Yeah, that's right. All right. So, Mike, to our listeners, come on Facebook to the Bourbon Road. Look at our group. We've got a special closed group called the Bourbon Roadies. Request to join. Three quick questions. They're simple, right? Yeah. Are you old enough to drink? Yeah. Do you know what you're going getting into here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, and we don't we don't do politics in there. Um, we don't talk about sports. Um, you want to talk about bourbon? Nobody's going to bash you in there or anything or bash what you like to drink. Um, there's only two admin people in there, and I think there will always be just two admin people. It's me and Jim. Yep. And if we uh, feel like somebody's doing that, yep, um, out they go. But if you want to get involved with some of our upcoming stuff like our giveaways and you want to get involved with our uh, live bourbon nights that we're going to have, yeah, uh, you need to be part of the roadies. So come be in part and join. of the roadies. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and we'll see what's going on. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, you know, ask your entire friends list to to follow us on Instagram and and uh, on Facebook. Um, 
the more followers we have, the more listeners we have, the the more likes we have on Facebook on our page, the more doors we can open up to, and the better our episodes can be. Um, we we want to walk into every door that we could possibly open in, get open to us. Yep. Um, and when those doors open up to us, like I said this past week, we will sit down and make ourselves at home, and we're going to ask you some questions. Absolutely. Mike, I appreciate you hosting tonight. Yeah. It was a blast. Cheers. Woodrow. Cheers, Woodrow. Thank you for being <laughs> such a good dog. And, uh, well, we'll see everybody down the road. See you down the bourbon road. All right. appreciate all of our listeners and we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here on the bourbon road we hope you enjoyed today's show and if so we would appreciate if you'd subscribe and rate us a five star with a review on itunes make sure you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the bourbon road that way you'll be kept in the loop on all the bourbon road happenings you can also visit our website at thebourbonroad.com to read our blog listen to the show or reach out to us directly We always welcome comments or suggestions, and if you have an idea for a particular guest or topic, be sure to let us know. And again, thanks for hanging out with us.